Welcome back to Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Monday to all of you out there. Happy Election Day to all of you in Canada. If you haven't had a chance to go out and vote yet, go and exercise your right to vote indeed. Anyway, a weekend of uh, Oilers action, two games that the team played Sunday in Winnipeg and, of course, Friday at home against the Detroit Red Wings. The Oilers find themselves on the road playing mini on Tuesday night following a 1-0 shootout loss in Winnipeg yesterday evening. It was a thrilling final 10 minutes of the game. Overtime was exciting opportunities at both ends of the rink. Very exciting game as the Oilers fall for the first time in extra time this season. The Oilers record 7-1-1 on the season. Indeed, taking on the Minnesota Wild tomorrow night. The Wild not doing so good so far this season. In eight games, they have just two wins, followed by six losses. However, the Wild are coming off a 4-3 victory over the Montreal Canadiens. The Oilers really do have a chance to eclipse the 10-win total in the month of October with games coming up against Minnesota. Obviously a struggling team. Washington, that'll be a tough game back at home on Thursday night. Florida should be a tricky one. It's a Sunday afternoon game down at Ice District. And then the Oilers hit the road for games in back-to-back nights on Tuesday in Detroit and then Wednesday at Columbus. So with five games remaining in the month of October, I think it is realistic to expect this team to reach the 10-win plateau for the month of October. Pretty good start for this club. Now, if you watched last night's game, I thought, really, it was it was quite sloppy to begin with. And at times, especially in the first period, like the Oilers completely outshot the Jets in the first period, but the Jets had like 10 to 12 missed nets. They just, they were getting grade-A chances in the slot, and for whatever reason seemed to miss the net on every shot opportunity that they had. And then, you know, there were times in that game where I thought Winnipeg was just controlling the, the flow and the pace and and really got the Oilers hemmed into their own zone. But Mike Smith was rock solid yet again. When the Jets did hit the net, they had 23 shots on the night. Smith, by the way, picks up the rare shutout loss where he doesn't give up a goal until the shootout. So that's that does indeed count as a shutout loss for Mike Smith. I, on the postgame show, assumed last night that it was not a shutout, but he indeed does get the shutout. I should have gone over the, <laughs> the rule book, clearly. I have like seven of them sitting in my, my office space here at home, which uh, clearly are just collecting dust. So a uh, lesson learned there, Smith. Picks up his first shutout as an Oiler in a losing cause, which is completely bizarre to say. Making 23 saves, the Oilers with 28 shots on the night. Connor Hellebuck at the other end of the rink was very solid for the Jets. The power play, which went into this game, tops in the league, goes 0 for 2. The PK does go 4 for 4. And quite frankly, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl yet again playing some heavy minutes, as did Darnell Nurse, Oscar Clefbaum, and Ethan Bear. All of those guys eclipsing 25 minutes. McDavid, just under 25 minutes, I should add. He was at 24.55 when all was said and done. Glorious opportunities at both ends of the rink in overtime. Both goalies did shine, except in the shootout, where Patrick Laine and Kyle Connor were able to convert on Mike Smith. 
Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Connor McDavid. No luck on Connor Hellebuck. The Oilers do pick up a point. It is their first extra time loss of the season. They still get that point. They still remain tied for tops in the Western Conference with the Colorado Avalanche at 15 points. The Avs in eight games have yet to lose in regulation this season, 7-0-1 on the year. Going back to Friday night's game against the Detroit Red Wings, the big thing for that game was Dave Tippett coming out after the 6-3 win on Wednesday night against the Flyers and basically ripping into his team publicly because he didn't like the way they played in a game where they did pace themselves out to a 6-1 lead. And, I mean, there were a couple of power play goals they allowed late in the, in the third period. They, they gave up a 5-on-3 to Jakub Voracek. And uh, another one late in the third period where, you know, it made the score seem closer than the game actually was. But even that's not really true because the Oilers were outshot 52-22 to on Wednesday's game against Philly. And they needed Miko Koskinen to make 49 saves. So the stats didn't lie. And Dave Tippett certainly didn't hold back on what he felt about that game. And following practice Thursday, we talked about this here on the podcast, is he wanted his team to clean up some stuff. He felt that the practice on Thursday was a really strong one, that they were able to assess some issues, and he expected a good bounce-back game against the Red Wings on Friday night. Now, if you look at the the Friday night game, it was a 2-1 victory, and Detroit was coming into that game just struggling, had dropped uh, three in a row, was playing the third game in four nights, had played the night before in Calgary, got spanked 5-1 by the Flames. So it wasn't like the Red Wings were riding high into this one. I myself actually expected the Oilers to kind of win more handily, I think is a fair way to put it. And it ends up being a 2-1 win. But the Oilers did outshoot the Wings 37-26. The power play went 0-2. PK 1-1. And to me, in the second period when James Neal and Ethan Bear scored about five minutes apart, I thought that's when the dam would break. And I thought that's when the Oilers would let the offense just take over and, and basically run away with this game and take all will and and whatever confidence or uh, momentum Detroit thought they may have had by staying in the game at that point, I thought that was the Oilers' opportunity to really go for the kill, if you will. And they didn't, because Mike Green ended up scoring four minutes after Ethan Bear made it 2 nothing, And all of a sudden, the Red Wings were still in this game, and they kept it close. After the game, Dave Tippett did say he liked what he saw from his team. He thought that they did respond properly he thought that they did clean up some things so even though it wasn't as convincing of a victory over what is perceived to be a weaker opponent in Detroit and quite frankly they are a weaker opponent don't expect a ton from them this season it was a sign that the team got the message and if they lost that game I thought that would have been a massive red flag for this club. They get the win. They go into Winnipeg, which I know how decimated the Jets' defense has been. They lost Truba. They got Neil Pionk in return from New York. They're waiting to find out what Dustin Bufflin wants to do, if he wants to keep playing or if he's done. You know, last I heard that maybe he's he's getting closer to deciding to come back to play. They lost Tyler Myers to free agency to Vancouver. And Ben Sherratt was the other regular on the blue line who they lost in the offseason so Josh Morrissey was playing with Tucker Pullman that was their top pairing last night 
and they had Ville Hainola on their second pairing, and that's a, that's a raw rookie right there. Carl Dahlstrom was on their last pairing, so it, it's a patchwork defense, but offensively, they got Brian Little back last night, and the Jets, with Shifley, Wheeler, Lyonet, Connor, a Little, like they have some excellent, excellent forwards up front. You know, Lowry, Roslovic, like those guys are excellent bottom six players. So I thought this would be a tough test. And the Jets have been getting decent goaltending from Hellebuck and Laurent Brossois. So it's not like going into that one. I, I know a lot of the talk was, hey, listen, Winnipeg's defense is weak. It's weak. It's weak. Yeah, but their goaltending and their forward unit is rock solid. I think the fact that there were no goals scored in this game was a shock. And B, what shouldn't be a shock is the fact that it was a, a very close game. Despite Edmonton's red-hot offense... Despite Edmonton's red-hot power play, despite how good the penalty kill has been, like this was going to be a tough test, and I thought the Oilers did just fine. Could have gone either way. McDavid gets a breakaway in overtime on an amazing backhand pass from Leon Dreisaitl from his own goal line. Gets stopped. Blake Wheeler, I think it was, on the back check, was right on top of him. It was a great finish to what was a, a game that saw a lot of weird bounces, and it seemed like the puck wasn't sitting well. And pucks were hitting stanchions and weird hops all over the ice. And it felt like a sloppy game full of broken plays for the most part. Yep, the Oilers do get some points. Three out of a possible four on the weekend. And are sitting pretty at 15 points on the year. Heading into a date with the Minnesota Wild on Tuesday night. Coming up, we're going to hear from the Oilers following practice in Minnesota. This is Locked on Oilers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Following the Oilers' 1-0 shootout loss in Winnipeg on Sunday night, the team was back on the ice in St. Paul, Minnesota, getting set to take on the 2-6 Minnesota Wild. The Wild coming off a 4-3 victory over the Montreal Canadiens, also playing on Sunday night. The Oilers looking to stop the bleeding, as we said, following the loss in Chicago last Monday. Uh, That's a sign of a good team consistently being able to beat teams below you is a sign of a good team and being able to put an end to any type of losing streak or consecutive losses is also a very positive sign and a sign of a team that is good quite frankly so let's go inside the Oilers locker room from Minnesota following practice on this Monday morning we will hear from Mike Smith coming off a 23 save shutout loss in Winnipeg. Very bizarre to say it, but it is indeed his first shutout as a member of the Oilers in a losing cause in a shootout. Mike, so uh, so last night you guys get good goaltending, good penalty kill. Um, offense doesn't click, but um, can you just talk about the team's ability to just, just kind of have all those tools that on any night that they can kind of help the team get to victory? Yeah, I mean, last night was a, it was a hard game. It was uh, it was kind of playoff lake atmosphere. There wasn't a lot of room out there, and um, you know you like you got to give credit to the, to Winnipeg too. They did a good job to clog things up and and not give us a lot of a real good looks. We had some chances, but um, they didn't go in last night for us. But we I thought we played a, did a lot of really good things and played a real tight game and and got a big point. So I think you got to look at the positives in a game like that, and uh, hopefully we can keep this thing going. What does it say about the vibe in the locker room when after a game like that you still go into the dressing room and everybody's still, everybody's still pumped up? It, it was they're still happy, just to, just with the the atmosphere and the energy. Um, 
just what does it say about the locker room that you guys are still able to have a positive attitude after a game? Like yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's happy with with the outcome. Obviously, we like to get a win, but um, there's no reason to beat ourselves up for for losing in a in a shootout in a, in a zero zero uh, zero zero game in a close tight game. And like I said, not a lot of room out there. There was there was uh, you know limited chances on both ends, but. Um, we just couldn't find the one we needed last night, but it, it, like I said, it's not out of lack of try. Guys were guys were giving it all last night. It was a hard game, and and we stuck with it, and and uh, we'll have to continue to do that uh, tomorrow night too. What does it say about the depth of this team that you guys can get really good penalty killing? You guys have great goaltending. Uh, the offense didn't click that last night, but if they can still win you games. Just is the depth kind of beginning to show for this team? Yeah, I mean, I think the penalty kill uh, speaks for itself. I think guys are. Guys are, uh, you know, putting their bodies on the line and and uh, getting good blocks out there. And you know, I think we had five or six in the first period. Guys are willing to do whatever it takes to, you know, to keep the puck out of the net. So obviously appreciate that as a as a goalie. And and uh, um, it's shown because we've, you know, penalty kill has been a big part of our our uh, game this start this start the season. So um, we got to keep that keep that up. But like I said, positive stuff at the last game. We'd like to get the win, but. Um, points are important this time of year, any t- any time of the year. But um, you know, we'll take the point and move on. Um, you're, you're really good at puck handling. What do you think of Leon's backhand pass in the overtime right to Connor? No, uh, no look backhand. Yeah, uh, unbelievable, world class. I honestly thought once it connected, it was it was game over. Yeah. Um, just an unbelievable play for him to you know have the vision to see where he was and then to be able to spin and you know throw a sauce backhand. Yeah. You know that far up was uh, was was incredible. I I've been talking about it most of this morning to guys. Did, did you see that play? And it was uh, you know I've watched it a couple times. It was you know not too many players in this league can make a play like that. So it was, it was uh, unfortunate it didn't go in, but it was a it was a heck of a play. Usually with a play like that, you're getting a little disoriented. You're you're backs to the play and you're trying to corral the puck, but you're not also looking up the ice. It's a little tough to. Be looking down there and also looking down here. To make uh, yeah, no, like I said, I mean, a world-class play by a world-class player, and um, you know, fortunate to be playing on the same team as a guy like that. I think it's it's uh, it's amazing to have one of them, but uh, to have both those guys going and and to be able to make the plays they do is 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 something to be seen. And obviously, uh, nothing sees to amaze us when uh, when those two players are on the ice together, and it's it's amazing to uh, to watch them. Um, in shootouts. Usually really good in shootouts, or I don't know your record. <laughs> I don't either. So it's just kind of stay in the moment and try to make some saves. But obviously last night didn't happen, and like I said, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. it. It was a hard-fought battle, and it's it comes down to a skills competition. So not uh, not the goalie's favorite thing to happen, but um, unfortunately we couldn't get the two. But we move on. Yeah, you don't like those the skills? I don't know, not my favorite, but okay. you have to do well, it, right? One of the he came really fast at you. Connor. Yeah. Deke you. And then the other guy, I mean, you, you give Line a, a 20 footer in the middle of the ice and nobody chasing him anymore. Like you made a couple of saves on him already in the game. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it comes down to a skills competition at the end where, uh, you know, the best players are on the ice at that point. So I think it's, uh, it's like you said, mono a mono and, and uh, couldn't get the saves. But like I said, move on and, and take the point and go from there. So when you see a young player like Ethan Bear playing, do you watch how he's doing? You're making the saves, but he's a young player, and you can get the puck to him, and he gets the puck out of out of the end, and he hasn't played. Yeah, the kid's been 
really good, yeah. really good. And I think he, he's gotten better every single game he's been in. He's he's improved, and I think he's getting comfortable the the tempo, the speed of the play, and and you know he's making really good reads, really good you know plays with the puck, and and he's he's a really good skater, and he's got a, he's got a knack for walking the line too in the offensive zone. So I think all those things have really helped him, uh, you know, be a good player for us. He's played some big minutes with Lars out, so. I think it uh, just goes to show how much work he's put in and, and uh, what kind of player he is. So he's been a big part of why we've had success so far, and he'll, he'll continue to do that. So it's good to see. A lot of young players, when they're pressured, they say the default is always off the boards and out. But in today's game, that doesn't work real well. You have to almost kind of make a play too, eh? Well, you got to have both. I think there's a, there's a time to... There's a time to make a play, and there's a time to relieve the pressure also and use the board. So I think it's he's he's really fine in the, when there's was there's plays to be made. I mean, Bearsy can you know he can make those plays. He's a, he's a heck of a player back there for us. And like I said, he just continues to, to grow as a player and, and gain confidence. And you can really uh, you can really see it by the way he's playing. And Chris Russell, he put, when a defenseman's playing on his offside, so he's always taking the pass on his backhand, eh? you know, then making a play. Is, do you appreciate that for defensemen? If you're a righty and a lefty's passing you the puck, it's fine. But Russ just does it all. <laughs> you know, he's, he's a player that can, he could probably play forward or, you know, wing or something like that too. He's just a versatile guy that can play in a lot of different situations for us. So obviously he, he's a guy that uh, is relied upon, you know, especially in the penalty kill too. He's willing to do whatever it takes to, you know, to, to win games. And you appreciate that as a, you know, as a guy that's been around quite a while, you appreciate guys that'll, are willing to do whatever it takes to win games, and, and Russ is a, a huge leader for us back on the back end there. One of the revelations for the club this season has been the play of young defenseman Ethan Bear. Yeah, he was a fifth-round pick in 2015. He was drafted and developed by this team. Part of that pipeline of young defensemen who are either on the cusp of making the big club or, in Ethan Bear's case, actually on the team and contributing at a pretty good clip. Through nine games, Bear two goals, one assist, minus one, eight penalty minutes. Pretty good numbers. In Winnipeg last night, Bear was a workhorse, logging 25-32, two shots on net with one hit and one block shot. So we'll go to him in St. Paul, Minnesota, following practice today. Ethan, what does it say about uh, just the depth of this team when, you know, offense doesn't click, but you get good penalty killing, you're getting good uh, goaltending. Um, does that just go to show that the, the team depth is really starting to show? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when you when you can't, you know, find ways to score in a game, um, you got to find a way to defend. And um, I know with Winnipeg, they had a really good power play, and I think we really did a good job. Everyone's buying in, working for each other, and um, at the same time working hard and smart to get the job done. What does it say about uh, just the the feel, the vibe in the locker room? When, even after a difficult game like that, you guys are still in the dressing room, uh, still a bit, still bubbly, and still kind of you know able to take that point as a positive. Um, I think it's good. Um, I think everyone's uh, staying positive, staying together. Um, you know, we know we're a good team, and uh, we know we we had a chance to win that game. It could have went either way, um, but you know we're just trying to build off that, um, take the good things, and learn from the bad. What, where did you hit the hellebuck there with that shot? In the First period where it came right back into the high slot. Yeah, I hit him. No, I hit him in the high shoulder. Uh, okay. Yeah, I thought. So I thought like I. Th the ladies' tees in golf. You get exactly. Right with the front yeah. There yeah, I know. That's what Jim said earlier. Uh, you know, it was a good chance. Um, I really thought I would have had him, but uh, you know, I think I should have went low, low glove. Yeah. Well, your eyes probably 
as big as saucers when that puck's coming there. You're thinking, yeah, I know. Shoot it as hard as I can. It's gonna. Yeah, happen. exactly. No, that's exactly what I tried to do. I tried to make sure I, I got some good high on it, and I did. He just made a good save. When you played 25 minutes last night, does it seem like 25 minutes, or you're just in the moment, and all of a sudden at the end of the game it looks oh, 25 minutes? Um, yeah, I think it's. It's. I think yeah, like you're right. It's. It's in the moment. Um, same time, I'm just having fun. I'm trying to make sure I'm doing all the right things, um, you know, defending well, moving the pucks up, you know, getting getting shots through when I get the chance. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm just dialed in. I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a good time. But at the same time, we're trying to win. But you know, I, I don't really know. I pay attention to it that much when I'm playing. Um, you play different teams. What's it like playing a team with Shifley and, and say Wheeler and those sort of guys and lining and stuff? Where sheer offensive guys and for a defenseman it's sometimes it's, they're in your face a lot um it's 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 cool um you know when you know you, i watch these guys you know going up trying to get to this league and um i watch the way defenders defend them um but at the same time for me it's about playing hockey it's not really i don't really think about who i'm playing against too much it's more about you know what i gotta do to to stop them and what position i'm in um but uh you know it was a good test and you know it was a fun fun game to play against them What's the hardest thing for a young defenseman when you're being pressured not to just bail out and say, I'll shoot it off the boards and get, get it? Sometimes you have to because that's the only play, but you almost in this league now, if you just shoot it out, they shoot it back in, so you got to make a play. Yeah. Is that really diff difficult for a, for a defenseman when you're just starting to uh, make a play? No, I, I mean, like, it. it's just, uh, I think you just kind of, Read the game as it goes. Um, you know, you know the system a bit. You know, kind of know where guys are going to be. But you try and make uh, plays you know, under pressure and try to stay poised with it, um, not to panic. That's a big thing. Um, but at the same time, you, you, at this point, you should know how to play. You know where guys are going to be, and they're always working to support for you. And um, you know, I got good teammates, so I can trust them. So, young defensemen, don't panic. You don't look like it. So. I don't know. I, you don't look like it at all, so that's what well, I mean. That's, that's good. When, when, I know. That means I'm, I'm playing well and yeah. I'm trying to play on my game. I'm trying to keep it that way. I'm trying to, um, trying to stay poised um, and consistent. Um, they always say, defensemen always say, simple is better for defensemen. Don't complicate things. Is that how, how you feel too? Just make the, the simple play? Uh, yeah, just you know, make the play that, that you see. Um, you know. Uh, if if you try to wait for something fancier, um, it's uh, most likely it's going to be closed off. You know, I get that chance. So you just make the play that you see, uh, make it hard, make it crisp, and you know, just you know, try to advance it to the forwards as much as you can. And, you know, jump up in the rush when you get a chance. And have you always been able to, to slide across the line on the on the point on the power play? Have I? Yeah. Um, I I think I've done it since junior. Um, you know, you you kind of pick up your habits in junior, and you you kind of learn situations and. By then, and then when you get the pro, you learn um, that you gotta do them a little bit more precise, and and um, you know, I guess, and pro like you know, make sure you're doing it right, and you know where to move the pucks. You got teammates and coaches to direct you and what plays they want. In the NHL, they block so many shots. I guess that's you're trying to open up an angle by walking the line, eh? Yeah. To just hopefully get you know one second where there's a, a shot to the net as opposed to being stationary. Exactly. Lidstrom used to be unbelievable. Yeah, no, you, you got to move. You got to be able to move. And in and, and in this league, everyone's such good skaters nowadays, and and everyone knows how to be in a lane. So you got to move. Uh, and is it easy playing with Mike Smith, or or do you have to read when he's got the puck on his stick? Okay, 
He's, he's coming to coming to me with his pass. Um, yeah, no, he's a really good goalie, and he moves it well. Um, you know, he tells me where he wants me, and I just make sure I'm in the right spot for him, and I'm working back for him, and I, I trust he's going to make the right play. Is that different than most goalies he's ever played? Uh, I mean, like, puck moving-wise, yeah. Like, yeah I, he, he likes to get out there, and he likes to move it himself a lot. So, um, you know, most goalies would just make the simple, you know, over or, or back. and. Yeah. But uh, he likes to he likes to get creative and he's good with it. So, you know, it's it's fun. Sometimes it, it makes it easier. We don't have to take hits or, or make difficult plays. And what was it like in the overtime? You got on there at least a shift or two. Or three yeah. Three. No, it, it was, was cool. Wild. Back and forth, man. Yeah. No, it it was cool. You know, there's a lot of chances. Um, it was fun, but you know, I wouldn't mind getting out a little bit more and and having some fun with it. But you know, it, it was uh, it was exciting. Is it? I mean, it looks like it's exhausting. You're either you're either getting an offensive chance or you're caught. Yeah, no, you're on the t you're on your toes the whole time. You're thinking pretty much the whole time you're on the ice. Super, thanks, Ethan. Awesome, thanks. That was Ethan Bear following practice in St. Paul, Minnesota. The Oilers looking to bounce back following a one nothing shootout loss in Winnipeg yesterday night. Mike Smith was great in that one. We'll see if Dave Tippett decides to go back to Smith for the Minnesota game. He's been going two starts for one goalie, two starts for the next, two and two and two, and subsequently two more. Uh, that seems to have worked. Both of these guys have been rock solid this season. Smith at 3-1-1 one, and, one, and Miko Koskinen at 4-0. and oh, If you would have asked me how the goaltenders would be to this point this season, I probably would have said optimistically, given this team a chance to win every night would be all you could hope for. But they have done that and then some. So... We will see what Dave Tippett decides to do if he goes in with Mike Smith on Tuesday against the 2-6 and six Minnesota Wild. Before we wrap up, time to get to this day in hockey history. October 21st, 1986. Edmonton's Wayne Gretzky scored twice and added three assists as the Oilers won a 9-1 game against the visiting Chicago Blackhawks. Decent little five-point night from the great one. Uh, one of the next great ones, Connor McDavid, coming off a five-point night against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, amazing to see what McDavid is capable of doing. Kind of crazy to think, too, that in one week he was kept off the score sheet in two games, both in Chicago and in Winnipeg. But that game yesterday really, like I said, could have gone either way. Uh, some crazy bounces, a lot of broken plays, and in the end, Winnipeg pulls off the win. It was Paul Maurice's 700th career victory. By the way, Chris Russell played in game number 800 in his NHL career, so congratulations to Chris Russell. I know he is polarizing. The analytics crowd don't like him. Those that are more old school love him. I think regardless, he has played 800 games for a reason, and the fact that he has maintained longevity in his career is a testament to the type of player and character he is. So congratulations to Chris Russell on a successful 800-game career, and hopefully it's a healthy and long finish to his career. And the Oilers help that he provides them with solid defending. Yes, indeed, blocked shots, all of those things, and maybe a goal uh, from time to time, from the back end as well. That reminds me too. The Oilers, bottom six, yes, 
continues to fail to provide offense. Yesterday, I thought the Riley Shahan line looked good with Jujar Kara and Josh Archibald was put back on that line. I thought they were generating some some decent zone time, cycle time. At some point, like the puck's going to go in for these guys. And the Marcus Granlin line with Tomas Yurcho and Patrick Russell, they actually had a couple of really strong shifts late in the game, and I think one of them happened with about six minutes left. Dave Tippett recognized what they were doing, and he actually threw them out there with three or four minutes remaining. I thought that was a vote of confidence for that group and some good things there, generating some chances. If, if they can finally pot one, you know, put some of this discussion to rest because can't always be the top six getting it done. I know they're going to carry the majority of the offense, what has helped, though, in the lack of scoring from the bottom six is the contributions from the back end. Quietly, Oscar Clefbaum has put together nine points in nine games. Darnell Nurse, not that far behind him. He has had a very strong season thus far for the Oilers. We've heard from Ethan Bear, who's got three points so far this year. Nurse, by the way, seven points in nine games. So if the back end's chipping in, that's a good thing. Kind of eases some of that burden from the bottom six but at some point you're going to need some goals from the bottom six anyway that does it for today's podcast we will be back tomorrow as the Oilers get set for a date with the Minnesota Wild in St. Paul Minnesota we will get you ready for that one right here on Locked On Oilers part of the Locked On Podcast Network